0: Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is September 20th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm pleased to join back. Steve. Greetings. So, there was a little bit of confusion. Where's the bowling school at? Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Yeah. I said Wisconsin, I think.
1: Yeah, Wichita. Wichita. Okay, all right,
0: yeah, so that's where you've been.
1: Yeah, I'm going for my uh, master's as a pin setter. Master pin setter is how they put it. (laughs) Um, It's a great program. Um, Bowling has always been my passion. Yeah. It's like, um, I mean, I think it was Jim Gaffigan who really stressed of how great bowling is (laughs) for just the degenerate male, where you can just sit there, eat, smoke, drink, Yeah. Right. and just basically think you're participating in sports. (laughs) So, yeah, master pin setter soon.
0: The only thing you can't do is you can't roll on
1: Chavez. Yeah, no, definitely not.
2: <laughs> you can get Don't shot. Don't fucking roll. You can on get Shabbos. shot doing
1: that. <laughs> um, yeah, November twentieth, though, man, or no, September twentieth. Yeah, that fucking weather does not feel like September. No, 20th. absolutely not. This is like really. Well, bothersome. I think it's like
0: eighty-seven real feel ninety.
1: And I'm sick of that. We already no, know. I'm done. This. Done with the real feel bullshit. It's ninety degrees. It's horrible out.
0: We got two more days. Until fall is upon us. Technically.
1: Yeah, I mean. Like that one time, remember it snowed the first day of spring? That one crazy winter we had? Remember
0: the one February where we had a 90 degree day? Yeah, that
1: was, yeah, that too.
0: Literally 90 degrees in February. It was like freezing fucking cold and all of a sudden it was just smoldering hot. Yeah, I don't like it. No, I'm not about this shit at all. I'm I'm over it. Fucking full blown over it. Dude, I thrive in like the fall and winter months.
1: This is what you get, man. This is the karma for all the shorts. Yeah, you wear shorts regardless of what the temperature is, and now they're giving you short weather. Nonstop. What's
0: the thing? I've been like praying to the fucking snow gods and shit, and they're they're calling it blasts for me because I'm wearing fucking flip flops and shorts in the winter, and they're yep. like, we're just not gonna obviously, you don't deserve obviously, it. obviously,
1: this is a fucking joke. Yeah, you don't deserve it. <laughs> yep, fuck this all. So, um, is Bill responsible for the heat wave? Hit us up on her. So, in the past couple weeks, have you encountered anything new or interesting? Yeah, a couple things. One thing I. And I'm sure we're going to touch back on this later, conveniently enough. Um, Exodus, I've brought them up before about their new album coming out. Um, The beneficial thing, and I'm not a Spotify user, so I don't know how it works on Spotify, but with Apple Music, when you add a new album, um, anytime that a new song drops from it or the album drops in its entirety, it immediately shoots to the front of your library. OK, um, so that way, you know, like when it's dropped, because the more albums you add, it gets, you know, lower and lower and lower. But the immediately used to the top. So Exodus, um, among another band that we'll mention later, they shot up to the top of my library and Exodus released a new song called Clickbait. And I brought this up before. and I'm sure we can probably make this into a discussion at some point. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but the lyrical content, man. And the thing about Exodus is, is that they are clean enough where you're hearing what he's saying that makes me want to know exactly what he's saying so yeah. the cool thing without music you can click a little tab and it does like a running almost like karaoke style of the lyrics throughout the song oh, okay. so it shows you okay. the blocks and when it's like hitting that part of the song and i was like listen to the lyrics man while i was listening to the song and gary hole great like he's do so Hull, the funny. instrumental work is so good the production's very good the album itself seems like it's going to be just typical exodus but the Fucking lyrics, man. And lyrics don't really um, bother me as much. They can make things a lot better, mm-hmm. but rarely does it make it that much worse for me. Like, damn, like this song is so good, but the lyrics are so bad. Yeah. But it's like he is trying so hard to just take advantage of what we've seen in the last couple of years politically and mm-hmm. just like the lyrics look like they were written, like he was in bed one night and just said, I'm fucking sick and tired of fake news and let me just write these lyrics out yeah. real quick. Like, it's just, it really seems forced. <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, if you're you're about that lyrical content and that political stance that they make, but it's it's just very cheesy from Exodus's point.
0: Yeah, and it's funny too because Exodus, I've always held up to like a higher regard of yeah. those thrash bands only yeah. because of how like how overlooked they were. Yeah, and it's just like I mean, like granted, like there's always been traces of like political shit in thrash music, but. Yeah. That's not what I'm looking for.
1: And I don't mind it at all. It's like I said, it just seems so forced. Mm -hmm. Like early Exodus, I mean, even like, because I'm a huge punk fan, so I don't mind it at all. But when it looks like you, it's almost like when people are like posting like Black Lives Matter things in their bio and then they just change it whenever it becomes popular yeah like do you really fucking care or is this just what like people are doing so i'm gonna do it too and like for exodus the lyrics themselves and like me and you have written lyrics like we know the Uh process like i no understand like rhyming schemes is like generic enough like writing poetry whatever but when i'm reading them i'm like this like this is just it's so generic for exodus and such a talented band that where it really fucking took away from the song for me in my opinion yeah, that's I mean, it's called clickbait. <laughs> I mean, I should have known better.
0: I mean, I can't talk too much shit because the way we name these episodes kind of uh,
1: literally that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll just call this episode clickbait. How
0: else are we going to get you guys to watch and listen?
1: We're going to call this episode clickbait. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. That'll work. Yep. <laughs> um, Impressible. Speaking of clickbait,
0: uh, a couple weeks back uh, you had Incarceration Festival... You had Rocklahoma. You had Blue Ridge Rock Festival in uh, Virginia. And obviously, we've had uh, friends of the show on actually all the festivals, those on the you know, the past couple weekends. Scrolling through YouTube, as I normally do, on my search just for you section, mm-hmm. I saw Steel Panther played. Well, first off, they played Incarceration Fest, but they also played uh, Rocklahoma. Okay. And they had a pro shot. From Rocklahoma. Dude, it was fucking
1: incredible. Love the pro shots.
0: They um I don't know the new bass player's name, but the original bass player is gone.
1: Didn't they have like a tryout thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I think I I mean still Panther. All this shit's like, you know, satire. Yeah. So I don't really know the backstory on it. I I I was going to look it up and I completely forgot. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Panther. They they could fucking have anybody and yes. it would still be good. Yes. you can <laughs> but, literally
1: just play audio track behind the guy. And exactly. Who gives a fuck?
0: They and I love how they opened up with Eyes of a Panther. Yeah, it's just like such a good like opening song. And yeah. they went right into just like Tiger Woods. Like, dude, there. I've always wanted to see them. Live. I gotta
1: say, man, for Steel Panther, what's really cool is successful as they are, but with like absolutely zero pressure on them. Oh, my God. There's nothing they could really do wrong. No. I mean, obviously, there's things that they could do wrong. Like a dude gets caught up in a rape scandal or some yeah. shit. But I'm just saying, like... <laughs> but like, 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 like there's no expectation. Expect? It's just they could go out and play wherever, do whatever. Exactly. They have a reputation, but they're not mainstream elite reputation, mm-hmm. and they're successful doing it.
0: Yeah, and it, it's just like... How I've always seen Steel Panther is kind of like the weekend warrior type band. Yes. You know, like you and your buddies get together and you play the fucking local pub down the street over the weekend. You play some fucking... Did you say local cla- pub? Yeah, local pub. <laughs> is that where we're at now? Yeah. <laughs> <In>
1: Jersey. <laughs> Going down to the pub, mate. Aye.
0: You you go down to the pub, get a pint. <laughs> Grab me a fucking Guinness, <laughs> aye. You know, you know what I mean, The You know, you and your buddies, you go out... Hot out there, isn't it, bro? <laughs> All right, ahead, you and your buddies go out and play some Zeppelin tunes yeah. or Van Halen or some shit in a fucking bar and that's just what you do. That's the like mindset of Steel Panther. Yep. It's just to have fun. Just like be it's that jam band. All the time. Exactly. Yeah. And dude, they're just such a good fucking like cover band too. Like the shit they play and yep. they sound just like these fucking bands they're doing. Yeah. And like I said, I've always wanted to see them. Unfortunately, we weren't, we weren't able to get the Incarceration Festival this year. But I wanted, that was actually my, like, main reason for, like, really wanting to go was to go see Steel Panther. Because, like, to see them at a festival, I think, would be, like, the prime, like, place to see them. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I think it's funny, too. I almost wish that, um like, you'd have, like, bands like Poison or Motley Crue, Def Leppard, or whatever that would, like, do these, like, stadium tours and bring Steel Panther to, like, play the stadium. I don't understand you know? why
1: they don't. You know what I mean? Because it's they a are for a great everybody. opening It's a win-win for everybody and they bring basically the crowd that those bands are neglecting now. Yeah. You know what I mean? The younger 80s hair metal fan mm-hmm. is more digested into the Steel Panther realm as opposed like I wouldn't pay fucking you couldn't pay me probably to go see Motley Crue and sit there <laughs> the entire time to see it. And especially like bands like Guns N' Roses and of that era, nowadays it's like the fan base is just because they loved that band so much. Yes. Meanwhile, I would pay to see Steel Panther just because of the experience that they're going to provide. Because even in recent videos that we've, you know, shown together and shit, they're still very talented. Uh They still can perform very well. There's not a lot about Molly Crew that I like where I'm willing to go suffer Vince Neal fucking squealing for an hour. There's (laughs) nothing. That makes that desirable to me.
0: But like the thing is, too, is you have bands like, you know, these 80s, like 80s washed up type bands. And there's probably a good portion of their audience that don't even know Steel Panther exists.
1: Exactly.
0: Like they're like to bring Steel Panther out on a tour like that with these kind of bands, it would be a fucking no brainer. Yeah. And like just let
1: alone from their the Steel Panthers fan base. Like you'd sell fucking places out. I wonder if it's because of the satire element, because it's basically like contradicting. It'd almost be like if, like Pearl Jam and like the big grunge era bands took like Blur out on it. like tour. Seven Mary Three. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Because <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, that's like the thing. It's I guess Steel Panther doesn't really fit the realm to be serious enough to play with these bands, but. Dude, I mean, they got the chops, dude. Absolutely. Like well, they're not a fucking They probably
0: don't want the they don't probably don't want to bring Steel Panther out cuz Steel Panther'll fucking outdo them on mm. their own songs. Yeah, probably. That's probably what it is. I mean, maybe not Def Leppard, but Motley Crue 100% for a fucking fact they they'd outperform Motley Crue. They'd probably outperform Poison too. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've seen Poison, and they're good live, but from what I can see from Steel Panther, they'd fucking just decimate them.
1: That would be like the equivalent, like when I went and saw Judas Priest and Deep Purple, and Judas Priest played before Deep Purple, Ooh. and after Judas Priest was done, that crowd thinned down to the most geriatric <laughs> crowd I've ever seen. Like, hmm. dude, it it went from like anywhere between eighteen and thirty five strong, gathering leather jackets, fucking patched up vests, yeah. So like New Balances and Wrangler jeans and jean Budweiser and the tucked in <laughs> flannel. Yeah. It was so quick how it happened. Like I stayed because I really wanted to see Deep Purple. White pocket t-shirts. A hundred percent. jean shorts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> a bunch of Garys and Stans and Randys. Yep. Absolutely. Um, And Deep Purple was awful. They sucked. Were they? Yeah, the vocals were horrible. Wow. Uh instrumental like, it was cool. It was cool to see Deep Purple. Like I have that off my bucket yeah, list. You it's say a you very saw Deep purple yeah, memorable band of their time. Um, but like that's the thing. Like you can imagine like Steel Panther could bring a crowd like that and then it thins out so much for a Motley Crue show.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what
1: I think. You know what I mean? But I think that's what I like about Steel Panthers are, is that they're able to like keep their own steady consistency without yes. having to rely on partnering and being associated with the mm-hmm. acts that they're basically doing satire on.
0: And it's funny, too, because like it's all satire and it's all fucking meant to be a joke, but they write some good fucking songs. They do, songs. man. They're very They're good fucking, fucking
1: songwriters, man. Yeah. They are fun songs to listen to like, I think we've well. talked
0: about it before, too. Like, you could put on a Steel Panther track and just, like, not... Like, just, like, it, okay.
1: They're the songs to listen to at your local pub. Yeah. The jukebox <laughs> is going.
0: You can catch Rage Against the Mainstream at your local pub.
2: <laughs> Coming
1: to a city near you.
2: You hear a couple of Jameson and Ginger ale's <laughs> deep? Just, yeah. <laughs>
1: and that's Steel Panther.
2: On this day in music history...
0: On this day in music history, September 20th, 2021. <laughs> this is second second time I did this. On this day in music history, September 20th, 1969. John Lennon leaves the Beatles, but agrees not to make an official announcement. The recording of I Want You, She's So Heavy marks the last time all four Beatles were together in the same studio. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I, I'm... I literally like when, like when we're going through and doing these formats and like writing everything down. It's just like, literally, I only put the Beatles shit in there so we have it's something necessary. To be like, Who cares?
1: like I, I have an absolute <laughs> respect for the Beatles, but yes. we talk about it all the time. Over there's just never been a point in my life where I'm like, you know what, I really want to listen to fucking Revolver right now. <laughs> like Sergeant Pepper's really, I'm really feeling Sergeant Pepper. Like, like if they come on, I'm never gonna turn it off. But there's just never a point. There's a hundred other bands in that mood where I could find something better.
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. Uh,
1: 1973, the body of the birds, guitarist, Graham Parsons is stolen, taken to Joshua tree national park where it is set on fire. Cool. I mean, I don't know why, but cool.
0: Yeah. I would like to look into this one a little bit more. If you know, if please you know contact what, us. Graham
1: Parsons corpse was lit on fire at Joshua tree national park. It is up on our social medias. <laughs> 1973.
0: Also, <laughs> Jim Croce is killed in a plane crash, and Natchitoches, Louisiana. Natchitoches. Natchitoches, yeah. Louisiana. At age 30. It's crazy. Yeah, I like Jim Croce. I turned 30 this year. So, yeah, you're about the you're turn. You're around that fucking corner there, my yeah. friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that young. Yeah. Like, like I guess in perspective as a kid, you probably think that's like, that's old as fuck now well, that I'm like hitting that age. I'm like, damn, that's.
0: Well, it's like we've talked about before. Young. Like you look at like pictures of like your parents and shit in high school. They look like full blown fucking adults. Full blown.
1: Then like. Like Led Zeppelin when they were like 19. Yeah. They look fucking like in their fucking late yeah, 30s. Like Bill Ward. Yeah.
0: Like Bill <laughs> Ward looked like he was 60 when he was fucking 25. Yeah, dude. He's perpetua- perpetually catching, a sixty-five yeah, year old. Yeah, he fucking turned
1: eighteen <laughs> and immediately hit SSI. But see, it's
0: it's even fucking crazier because like you look at like high school kids now, BG's. and and like you're looking at us, and like I think back to when we were in high school, like did we
1: look that young? Well, it's funny because I saw a video. And I guess we're at that age where our high school era is becoming old school, mm-hmm. where it was a compilation video of high school students in 2002 or 2004, I want to say. Okay. And all the comments on it were basically younger people. Like, wow, they look so much, the kids look so much older back then. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, like, bro, like I thought I looked, like I still get carded for cigarettes to this yeah. day. When I was just at Wawa. Yeah. I got carded. And it's it's a nice experience. I fucking love every minute of that. But I don't no way feel like what Bill Ward probably felt like oh walking down a high school at fifteen. For perspective, that man Steve pro- graduated in
0: ten. I graduated in two thousand eleven. Yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> kicking thirty soon. You're coming next. Yeah, coming.
2: Yeah, I'm right behind <laughs> you, man.
1: Nineteen seventy nine, the class bass player. Paul Simonon, frustrated because the crowd at the Palladium in New York City isn't standing, smashes his instrumental stage, photo becomes the very iconic cover for London Calling.
2: London Calling. It's funny
1: because they also in- integrated the uh, Elvis Presley color scheme, mm-hmm. the way it says, yeah, like London Calling is what yeah. know, like Elvis Presley. I don't know what the story behind that is because they literally use the same font and almost color scheme as that Elvis album. Which is interesting. I wonder what created that to be part of this photo. I never really thought about that because I never even thought specifically that that was just a situation they got a photo of.
0: Well, I mean, you could put it like you can make it very simple, like like smashing an instrument on stage, like the most rock and roll thing you can do. What's the epitome of rock and roll in America?
1: Elvis. True. He's the king. Yeah. How do you feel about this album? I like London Calling. Great album. I'm
0: not a giant fan of The Clash. I'm not either. But
1: I do like this album. Yeah, I'm a big um, like strummer and John Lydon from the Sex Pistols. They were very contradicting towards their stance and what they were in the punk community in the early stages. Um, So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of The Clash either, but London Calling is a very good album. Mm-hmm. Like, that is essential top 100 somewhere in there. You know, it's funny. Like, I never, like,
0: I, I feel like I say this shit all the time. I never really dove into this for this particular reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, should I stay or should I go really fucking ruin the class for me?
1: Same way Smells Like Teen Spirit almost entirely ruined it for mm-hmm. me and for Nirvana. Same dude, way, I like, that Rooster song. almost killed Alice in Chains for me. That would have been a fucking one. But this bad, album, this is one. one... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those albums where, you know, if you're on the fence with The Clash and you listen to this whole album, mm-hmm. like especially the Should I Stay or Should I Go complex, this will erase it immediately. Yeah. This is like Epitome Clash. Even the self-title, um, Give Them Enough Rope. There's a lot of good albums around this era and before it, but this album. Yeah, I do. It's like got everything. Calling. It's got a reggae feel. It's got a punk feel. It's got a rock. It's a very balanced album.
0: Speaking of balancing... In nineteen ninety two, Pearl Jam play a free concert in Magnuson Park in Seattle where they register thousands of fans to vote in the upcoming election between Bill Clinton huh. and George Herbert Walker Bush.
1: Yep. Um I feel like there's something
0: I feel something brewing
1: here. Yeah, this is kind of relatable to something I mentioned <laughs> earlier.
0: Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: 2000, the first episode of MTV Cribs airs on a music network showcasing the mostly lavish homes of Jewel, Moby, the Osbournes. The popularity show helps the Osbournes land their own reality series a couple years later. I mean, I, I'm not going to say Ozzy was on
0: the verge of becoming obscure yeah. by any means because of who he is. But this definitely helped breathe new life into his career.
1: 100%.
0: Like, you're thinking 2000, Osmosis had come out, and he was really not doing anything. Well, I was even
1: going to say... All right, so this is around the turn of like MTV going reality TV, basically. mm -hmm. Not even music television anymore. It's just reality television. Um, But yeah, I totally agree with that because Ozzy was starting to become into that hole of like... Like, Eric Clapton. Like, you're a fan if you knew his music, know his music, or it's been specifically passed down to you. Like, Eric Clapton's not one of those artists where you're 17 in 2020 and you just, Mm. like, stumble upon him without any insight. And yeah, Ozzy, it's funny because I forgot about the Osbournes where... That was like basically one of the first reality, Reality like like meet the like the Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and it it was fucking Ozzy and his family. (laughs) Like it is funny to think about that.
0: You know, it's kind of funny. It's uh, I I was reading an interview or I watched a uh, watched an interview with Ozzy or Sharon or something, and like. Like, after the show had come out, like, Ozzy was on the street and, like, old ladies were, like, stopping him. Like, oh, you're the guy from TV. You're the guy from TV. And he's like, I'm the fucking guy from Black Sabbath. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: great. (laughs) That is fucking great.
0: But, yeah, I mean... That the thing that really irked me about MTV Cribs is obviously after this like first season of Cribs yeah. like shit just like wasn't real. Like the houses were rented. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well it all, all came shit. out
1: very later of yeah. How fucking yeah.
0: I always thought it was funny, like the red man one. Yes. it's like his apartment.
1: Yeah. He's like, Yeah, <laughs> basically like, this is the real deal. <laughs> Do you remember the uh episode of Chappelle Show where they made fun of this? Yeah. Got my fucking dinosaur <laughs> eggs. Three of them in a world. I got all, both of them. Like, dude, and he cracks it
0: off.
1: And wasn't that like an African statue or some shit? Yeah. <laughs> dude, that was so good. That was another thing, man. I really missed the time because when we're talking about satire, where you could, like, South Park is probably one of the last. Really, and even South Park starting to get a little censored on the way they do things, and getting super biased on certain ways. Mm-hmm. Like Family Guy can get away with it to an extent. Simpsons well, Family got away Guy with, has completely. That's got what away I'm from saying. It. Like they, it lasted for long enough mm-hmm. where they were still trying. But like that era of the the Chappelle show and the cartoons at that point, it was so less. It was super offensive. But we were less offended. Like I, we found reasons to feel offended, and I don't want to say like, oh, now we have an easier way to express our voices. People have always been offended, but that's a problem because the media really propels you sometimes to feel offended. Like you see shit on the news constantly, and then it becomes a thing of black uh, popular culture. Like I said, like the Black Lives Matter thing. Genuinely, there were a lot of people that cared. Yeah. But there was a lot of people that posted that shit, and then the minute there was a situation with like Israel and Palestine, then it's changing this to free Palestine.
2: Uh Then
1: the whole thing with Afghanistan, save you know Kabul, like like they're just changing with the times and not necessarily out of care.
0: Yeah, it's all for clout.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a problem. Yeah, so
0: to kind of bring this thing together here, going back to Pearl Jam playing that free concert in yeah. 1992.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We want to get on a discussion, uh, something we don't ever talk about on this show. And disclaimer, Raging the Mainstream Podcast is not affiliated with any political parties, and we do not take a personal stance on anything as a, as a show.
1: We also don't hold confirmation biases.
0: If that wasn't enough uh, insight into what we're getting ready to talk about, we're going to talk about politically charged musicians and artists. Yes. So, I feel like a really big one we can knock out immediately Rage Against the Machine.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: If there wasn't like an epitome for a politically charged act, yes. Rage Against the Machine is it. Yes. And those of you that aren't aware, they are pro socialism, pro communism, basically. Yes. Um,
1: I mean, if the fist icon isn't enough for you. Yeah, pretty much. The the thing about rages Just listen to their lyrical content. So there's two bands that I hold into respect, and I think a lot of it goes to um, educational factor to be able to make this stance. See, this is where, again, me and music, I have a strong separation from the personality. Yes. As opposed to what you're producing. I don't have to agree with your views at all, right? But if your music is enjoyable... Regardless of what's in the lyrical content, I'll find a way to like it because that's just how I adapt with music. Like, if it sounds good, it feels good, it creates a good emotion, I enjoy it, that's all I need. Um, And Rage, Tom Morello was a political science major. I believe he went to some prestigious He went to Harvard. Yeah, right? He went to Harvard
0: with fucking Barack Obama, dude. They
1: were boys. Yeah, so... Tom Morello, I give a lot of credit for because he's not coming from a stance of ignorance.
0: He's coming from an educational stance. He standpoint, understands he what, he's what he's talking, talking about. about,
1: which doesn't mean that he's right. That's the best part I love about like political mm-hmm. debates and especially in music, because there is I'm a firm believer, like I, I'm a um a pin setting master pursuant right? I'm a yeah. master pin setter pursuant, but I'm also a minor in sociology and a double minor with psychology. So I appreciate the gray areas of life. And that's the best thing about music. So Tom Morello with Rage, even Zach De la Roca, like these guys were intelligent human beings to be able to create what they were creating. They were also talented at their craft, but they were also intelligent to back up what they were producing to a crowd, mm-hmm. what they were writing. And that's another thing. Going back to the Exodus song, the lyrics... From Rage, again, you don't have to agree with them, but they're insightful. Yes. Another band that's very similar to that, and I think he's a professor at an Ivy League school or somewhere, is the vocalist from Bad Religion. Okay. Bad Religion is super politically driven. And all the lyrical content, very intelligent. Again, don't have to agree or disagree. Well, that's the thing with
0: punk, too, that people don't really understand. That's where the punk whole mindset came from was anti-establishment.
1: Anti-establishment, And
0: it came from like a knowledgeable standpoint. You just didn't have these fucking guys freaking out on stage like over nothing.
1: Yeah, like Reagan Youth and all Mm -hmm. these different bands that established, especially in that mid-80s time. Because, I mean, obviously the British wave of it um, sparked out. And, like, if you notice, all of these bands will drive influence back to that punk movement. Mm Mm-hmm. And the thing I can appreciate with that is that music is an absolute outlet to make a stance against something you disagree with. Yes. Because like protesting in our country, it's scary because depending on certain situations and certain demographics, you could be held into a certain account as a criminal and dangerous and domestic terrorism. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're very weird on how we look at things in this country. I. E.
0: John Shaver from Iced Earth.
1: Yeah, that was another thing. Yep. You know, and do I think the man should have been crucified the way he was? Uh, I well, don't know. They had to
0: make an example of him because he was a public figure. Exactly. You know, as small of exactly. a public figure as I sort of could be.
1: And then that's the thing, too, though, because even the situation that he was involved in, mm-hmm. depending on the scope you look at it from, it's domestic terrorism or it's freedom fighter. Yeah. And it's crazy because that's where we're at as a country right now. Yeah, And with the artists that we discuss sometimes, like I said, like the biggest thing about the Exodus shit, man, like you read the lyrics, you can make up whatever fucking theory you want and mm-hmm. what he's trying to propel here in his narrative. But dude, you're fucking a not making an intelligent stance on your views. You're just using quick readed lyrics to stay relevant to a certain situation that's going on in our country. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I don't appreciate it because it's just like it's forced it's, I get it. You know what I mean? And you're better off just keeping this as a Gary Holt instrumental, to be honest.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's one of those things to where like the, the lyrical content could really ruin a song, but in like the, the mindset of Rage Against the Machine, it's made to invoke those type of feelings. Of course. And I mean, there's, there's no one in this world that can listen to a Rage Against the Machine song. And not get fucking pumped up over something and yeah. interpret
1: the lyrics however they want. Yeah, Rage is fucking phenomenal. That's not, the best part about it. Because now let me ask you this though if the music isn't as good, hmm. does it really matter where they stand? Look at the punk movement. Obviously not. Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing bad about the punk movement because there's a lot of really good artists yeah. that that emerged out of there. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not talking about fucking like John Petrucci here. Yeah, true. Like you know you don't see John Petrucci wearing his MAGA hat or whatever. True. I mean I don't know if he's affiliated with the of the Republican Party, but
1: <laughs> true. <laughs>
0: um, another artist or group. That is very politically charged, but if you're not knowledgeable enough to have known it, it's one of those things that could fall under the radar. Is Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. you know, from earlier, you know, that story, but you know, like Worldwide Suicide, Bushlogger, yeah, even Jeremy, like it, yep. Eddie Vedder, brought that punk element too. Well, all Pearl of those Jam.
1: '90s bands were building off of making an alternative sound from the thrash punk movement, mm-hmm. and majority of those '90s. Grunge bands basically are just more polished, radio-friendly punk. Yeah, it's basically much. what a lot of those bands were.
0: Yep, but Eddie Vedder, you know, in in the, I mean, he's one of the greatest lyricists like around. But you know, he's able to bring it to a place where you know, if you're not politic, if you're not into politics or anything, it's not going to single you out. Yeah, it's something you could clearly listen to and enjoy. Yeah, and. He just brings it to the mainstream. I mean,
1: of course, you know, and the thing about that is which. See, it could be a double edged sword because the moment you come out and make a solid stance of where you stand, then you're limiting or narrowing your fan base because the way people treat politics today, it's like do or die with some people, which to me Uh I find crazy. You know, I was raised in a way of like finding that very independent sense that you vote based on policy, you vote based on what's going to work for you as a human being. Exactly. Like I have a friend that meets every capitalist situation in this country, makes good money, whatever, but supports very socialist concepts and liberal views. And then I have a friend on the flip side where literally like, Should be on food stamps, Medicaid, everything like that, but absolutely supports a capitalist government.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think a lot of it comes to from A, how you're raised and B, where you're living. You know, what you're surrounded by on a constant basis. So when like artists, I give them credit, like when they're able to just, you know what, I'm comfortable with where I'm at and I'm going to make a firm stance and express my views to a point where now you have an exact notion of where I stand in this regard. Yeah. Good for you. Like, that's great because, again, if your music's that good and you were not, like, one of the biggest ones, and this is where, like, Burzum. Yeah. I get in arguments with this all the time because the immediate thing is you're supporting a fascist Nazi. It's come out basically as an, you know, Aryan, very views in that sense. Mm -hmm. Not something I agree with at all. But I fucking like Burzum's music. Yeah, And that's like the hardest thing to wrap your head around sometimes is like, well, you're supporting that by supporting his music. And it sucks because maybe I am, you know what I mean? I, I guess. But at the same time, it's like I've listened to this band since I was how old. Obviously, a lot of this shit as a kid, you don't know the fucking politics of a person. Exactly. Or what their personal life is. I knew he murdered somebody didn't really stop me from listening to him. But if I mean, anything,
0: it just made the allure yeah, even more. He burned like, down man, some
1: churches. And I'm a thirteen cool. year old anarchist and militant atheist. So yeah, that's super cool. Um but I mean it's hard, man, because like again, there's like several artists that have a firm stance on something that I might disagree with. Yeah. But I'm gonna listen to fucking, you know. I'm going to be listening to these albums yeah, at exactly. some point. Like it's just it's good music. It's something I listen to and I don't know how to channel that like I'm just not going to listen to this anymore.
0: Then going into someone that's not as um not as subtle with it. Megadeth. Yeah. Peace sells but who's buying? Yeah. Countdown to extinction. Yep. Hangar 18. Literally about the conspiracies of aliens being on Earth. Yep. Super anti-establishment type band. I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, if you, if you're if you're making music based off of politics, it's usually an anti-establishment type thing, as we've seen. Very rare are you taking like a full-blown political stance, yeah, like raging on some machine, yeah. It's just, um, I guess, in a way, it's just easier to just be anti-establishment, like oh, well, I I fucking hate everybody, and that fits the scene though,
1: yeah. You know, it fits the scene very well with especially bands like Megadeth, because that, like I said, mm-hmm. that thrash culture, the punk culture, and then even going into the 90s, like Pearl Jam, um, like, I mean, even like Nirvana had their moments, you know, um, even Rooster is, like, kind of a speak on the Vietnam War, in a sense, yeah. based on Jerry's, what, One, father?
0: Yeah, his father.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, like... 100% of the Yeah, 100%. There's some very subtle notions in, like, later bands where some bands derive their entire, you know, lyrical content and their song force behind the idea of politics. Mm-hmm. And I think for earlier thrash bands, it was harder because they were building off of the ideas where literally, I want to say at least more than 50% of every single punk band between like 1980 and 1991 Mm -hmm. were just driven by politics. Black Flag. Black Flag. Like I said, Dead Kennedys. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, any band around that time. The Clash, absolutely. Sex Pistols obviously Mm -hmm. started that. The Ramones, they had their own insight. And then obviously you see that again, you had pop punk bands that branched into that. Like Green Day, for uh-huh. instance. You brought them up earlier and before we were talking about this. Um, but like, Wake Me Up When September Ends. Uh-huh. I mean... And that was another song where it's like, at the time, hearing it as a kid, it was so fucking in your head that you couldn't not know what it sounded like. Uh-huh. But sometimes... I get really hung up on the idea of when you're just doing it as a way to just be relevant, and it's almost shocking enough where people are going to listen to it because yes. of its relevance. You know what I mean? Another, well, I mean, this is
0: like going like far back. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, you think of Fortunate Son. That's another uh, Vietnam type 100%, deal. You know, dude,
1: that is. I remember seeing a a video where. I guess it was, like, a parody of, like, gunships in, like, those, you know, wars around that time, especially Vietnam, and, like, yeah. it's, like, to turn on everything, and there's literally a flip switch for Fortunate Son, because, <laughs> like, in every movie you see, that is literally the song point playing as they're just lighting yeah. up a fucking forest with napalm.
0: And even, like, um, even more, well, not recently, but, you know, like, four years ago, when the ex-president of the United States was on his political tour or whatever, you yeah. know, and he was,
1: didn't he get a cease and desist fuck letter? Hey, yeah, 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 John Fogerty was like,
0: "Fuck you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this
1: song is literally like about you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's great too because
1: I think even in the the past two presidencies now, with our current one and the one that just passed, like it is amazing to see like how divided things have become. Yep. And then this is why I really stress like how important music is in a sense because it can be it can be so universal. Yes. If you start really, you know, like dictating, because like, again, music for me is an emotion. Music in me is something to just like create a feeling. And if it sounds good, it, it's going to be good. Yeah, exactly. Like you, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be something that a thousand people I know say they hate, mm-hmm. but I'll enjoy it. Like we talked all the time, like on like the guilty pleasures episode. Yeah. About, there are a lot of artists that now I'll be more comfortable just flat out say, I like this shit. Yeah, exactly. I don't even like- care. Like it's good. <laughs> Well, you're um, turning
0: 30, so... I'm, I'm over the, it. There's, there's nothing to hold back anymore. Yeah,
1: eventually I'm going to start sounding like full-on popcorn as I'm getting out of bed, dude. <laughs> like, straight bubble wrap. It's already starting in the fucking knees.
0: Oh, dude, I had Nicole crack my back last night. Bro, I had to buy she a foam like, roller. Dude, my fucking dog freaked out. He thought it was gunshots.
1: Oh, God. Pop, 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 Jesus. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, I just... I really hate when people start limiting the opportunity to hear some shit just based on like what they might know of the artist or what they might know of this and like I said you get to see how divided we really are because again the Burzum thing is funny to me even speaking of like with political views um, the misfits were funny to me because Michael Graves when he left his biggest thing was when he did the illusions album which was work with Damien Eccles, who was on trial for that you know cult murder West Memphis 3 that's it Um, and you could see he was starting to get more driven into like sincerity and like real topic of like individual politics as well as like global shit. Yeah. And then obviously it came out, he was affiliated with the proud boys movement and bro got crucified and understandably why, but regardless of his stance that I might disagree with, am I going to say famous monsters is no good anymore?
0: Absolutely. You know what I
1: mean? Because that's the interesting part. A lot of these people get hung up on their own politics as well as what they speak of in their music. Mm -hmm. You know, like Black Flag's like one of the interesting ones. You know, Circle Jerks were like the same way um, when Keith Morris left Black Flag and took his own route. I mean, I think it was easy for those bands in that early time to like do that and have shock value of like, wow, there's actually people speaking out against this shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and well that that's the thing too, like with Black Flag with Henry Rollins and everything, we're going back to like an educated individual. Yeah. Like, you know, it it's a different story if you have someone that's just fucking up there just, you know, whatever. Like I fucking hate everyone, everyone fucking sucks, blah 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 blah, blah. But when you come for it or you come to it or come at it, yeah, there we, it was one of the three. When you come at it from a educational standpoint or a knowledgeable standpoint, it's easier to convey your message. Like, that's the thing. You think of Henry Rollins' black flag, He's a, Henry Rollins an extremely educated individual.
1: I'm going to read these lyrics to A Thousand More Fools by Bad Religion and just, okay. I heard them say that the meek shall reign on earth, phantasmal myriads of saint bucolic birth. I've seen the rapture in a starving baby's eyes, incoherent beatitude, the lord of the flies. Like, bro, that is like, to me, poetry. Yeah. It's just well-written, just very insightful, and I get what he's trying to... And it's not over the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now... Let me... Uh, okay, here we go. Let me read uh, some lyrics of our most recent song. You ready for this? Let's hear it. Verse 1. False headlines full of lies to keep us entertained, promises made to lure you in, yet nothing gained. Draw you in like vultures to a pile of rotting meat. The snare is set in bold lettering as we swallow the deceit.
0: So the first half of that verse sounded like a BuzzFeed article. The second half sounded like a Slayer song. But
1: but even... like This is like shit that I would write in like fourth grade when they asked you to write poetry. And the only (laughs) thing I knew how to do was just rhyme every other word. (laughs) Um, So it's like... And the chorus. So naive. So easily deceived. So ignorant. For all the tales they weave. They misled. They speak. And every word we heed. Hearing only what we think to need. Like it's just... It feels so fucking lazy, man. And I don't care like if you have a certain stance on something but give it a little fucking effort. Well,
0: I'm glad to know that Exodus has a group have access and they're able to use a thesaurus.
1: Like, for real, dude. Hey, at least they can read. My man probably fell asleep and hired a fucking fourth grader to be his ghostwriter. Like, there's, (laughs) I just don't understand that. And, like, again, Exodus is never, like, I'm not trying to compare the intelligence necessarily of, like, bad religion and the vocalist and Mm -hmm. the lyrical ability, but if you're going to have a firm stance on something, provide a little more insight than, like, like, you just gave me the definition of clickbait in a vague concept. Like, bro, I I get it. Like, yeah. What are you trying to say? What else you got for me? Well. Like an eighth grade English paper.
0: Going, Branching off the clickbait thing here, we're going back to a time before clickbait, before the internet. Yeah. Back in the mid to late 80s with NWA.
1: Yeah.
0: Extri- well... That's the thing.
1: That was another thing, man. That hip hop movement was
0: gangster rap as a whole is very politically charged. Hundred percent. You know, about the you know, like uh like troubles and tribulations growing up in, you know, the, the hood, inner cities, yeah. Know, absolutely. Inner cities, the Compton, crack, epidemic yeah, crack Tupac, epidemic, yeah, Tupac, Brenda's baby. Police brutality, yeah, man. Injustice, the the whole thing. Yep. You know, there NWA, I mean, that they were forerunners in that whole ordeal yeah. right there. I mean they got a fucking cease assist desist from the FBI. Yeah, I know. Like, they're just like, yo, you're speaking too much truth here.
1: Easy, he died. Remember that. Mm-hmm.
0: Coincidence? Coincidence. I think not. No. Nope. <laughs> um, another super political thing. Well, actually, they're not really so political anymore. Actually, they weren't really. Uh, they were kind of political, but Metallica.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, Anjustice like Ma- for All is literally- Master of
0: Puppets was, like, scratching the surface Ma- on it. Yeah. You know, like, Disposable Heroes. I mean, Ride the
1: Lightning. Ride the Lightning. Yeah, I mean, they were always on the tip of that. Because, again, like, that's that early set of thrash bands where they all they had to go of really was the hair metal scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Punk rock. I mean, there was just nothing else really there to kind of bridge that gap to what Metallica kind of influenced and how these thrash bands involved into becoming what they had. Because punk had that raw energy, the speed, and the ability to uh-huh. take basically what Black Sabbath was doing and not so fucking out of control of what punk rock was doing, but not so as tempo and slow and clean. as You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it, it all makes sense in like that, you know, again, but it's just when you're going to do something like that, You know, because there's certain athletes. Like, that's another thing I get hung up on. Some of these guys didn't even go to fucking high school. Okay? No problem. You went in, you're making way more money than I'll ever see in my life. Mm -hmm. That's great. You have insight to politics. That's great too, you know, have your own stance and view. But when you're like an extreme figure in a very popular culture, that is sports, you're just going to be careful what you say and how you say it, because then you influence a population based on a level of like not truly understanding a situation. And then it creates a huge negativity to your image. It creates a large following of people that don't even really know what they're talking about. This is why I hate with the idea of politics, because a lot of it is going to be perspective based. Right. A lot of it is going to come down to just your views, your views only, and anybody who disagrees with it, they're wrong. wrong. But again, it's like that's the thing that's interesting with music because as long as you provide some level of intelligence, I don't really give a fuck what your stance is.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't
1: care. Like, Just put it as part of the music. You're obviously passionate about something, and mm-hmm. I'll enjoy that if it's good.
0: I just think it's funny over the past five years how many people are political scientists now.
1: Facebook. Social media, yeah. Social media, I got my political degree off Facebook
0: Marketplace. Yeah,
1: everybody got a PhD in political science the moment they (laughs) fucking download Facebook. Oh, there's a lot of fucking Facebook, uh, CDC doctors. Yeah, absolutely. People working for the FDA now. Absolutely. Once you create a Facebook account, you're basically, um, you're basically what's that porn dude's name, bald head, with a bald head. What's his fucking name?
0: I'm trying to think of what you're no, talking no, about. Just
1: forget, forget it. He's like always like in fucking porn. as like a doctor and the construction worker and shit. And he's like, uh, Peter North. No, no,
0: no. no. not right. Johnny Dick. sins,
1: Johnny. <laughs> um, but it's like, that's the joke. You're basically like the Johnny sins of like educated degrees. Once you log into fucking Facebook Yeah. because that's the thing, man. It's, this is another thing. Like when we talk about like the vaccine and shit, um, I'm sure that there would have been a lot more issue in, like, the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccination as well as the flu shot vaccinations if there was the level of media that we have today to perpetuate yes. whatever narrative, you know, Karen sharing on fucking Facebook or whatever she shared from Blabbermouth or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, again, like, I don't think anything of is wrong. It's definitely expressing your freedom of speech or following your constitution, but it, it creates a level of interest in me to find out, like, how, you know, different people can fucking be. Based on something that was n- developed not that long ago. Like, we're talking 07, 06, Yeah. And now it's like, you have an issue? Let me just log on to my fucking phone and talk <laughs> about it and get 85,000 people to just be like, wow. You know, it's just nuts how it works now. I just wish that it worked that way for us. Yeah. Like, when the news came on, like, dude could say it was 102 outside and really it's fucking 75. I wouldn't fucking know. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going outside in shorts and a t-shirt.
0: It's funny, like the way that like the meme culture has spread and, yeah. you know, political views have spread. I almost wish that like our podcast would spread that at that fast yeah. at that much of an alarming rate.
1: Yep. Maybe I'll just take a dump on camera and that'll do it. That seems to be like the things these days. What do you think? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of wrap this one up, uh, do you have a particular band or artist or album that you think kind of like encapsulates the idea of a politically charged band, or do you have a favorite?
1: If I have a favorite, honestly, I would like to say, and this is going to seem fucking weird considering it's not my favorite album by then, but just to keep it on the title of our show, just because it is that fucking good. And I'm going to debate this. Hold Evil on. Evil Empire? No. self title? Nope. Battle of Los Battle Angeles. Battle of Los Angeles. <laughs> I think, it was one of them. <laughs> I think Battle of Los Angeles, um, like I said, they're just like a very interchangeable band um, where their stuff just kind of like constantly, depending on your mood, like any album could be your favorite album at some point. I do want to say, though, I'm going to get off that one because I do want to say and because I keep bringing them up. But Suffer by Bad Religion is probably what I'm going to just settle on because I don't want to take an easy route and I just wanted to search for that <laughs> while I got it because I wanted to make sure I had it correct. Well, for someone that has zero
0: interest in politics at all, yep. I'm, I have to take the easy route in it. Metallica's Injustice for All. Okay. First off, is one of my favorite albums of all time. Second off, it's a politically charged album. Yep. Third off, it's Metallica. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, Suffer by Bad Religion is definitely mine for that one too.
0: Like, Just like the ideas based around injustice for all. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's a it's an eye-opening album.
1: It is, and again, I think like that's a turn of its tide where the late 80s and what was going on. Even the punk bands that were putting out albums cuz Suffer came out in 88. Mm-hmm. Um and Matt Religion had been around obviously before that releasing music and among other other punk bands, but that like I said, even with the NWA when we brought up that briefly, Mm-hmm. Where that hip hop move, it started to move away from like just the club hits and the fun, you know, like the certain things that were coming around like around that time beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then it went to this very strong gangster rap movement, which was fucking awesome yep. because that spawned so much good fucking hip hop for years to come, dude. Yes, it did. And then we obviously hit the 2000s where we kind of went back to like. Young Jock. and When MTV Cribs came out. Yeah, man. Like, dude, it's (laughs) like we kind of lost our touch after the early
0: 90s. Well, it kind of goes back to the episode me and Michael did
1: last week. Did MTV kill music? Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah.
0: It wasn't a definitive answer, but it's a... uh, it's a logical conclusion I'm
1: a gambling man, so I would have minus two hundred odds on MTV killing music if it came out to be fact definitely the odds are not in the favor there because I think MTV definitely fucked music raw yeah when L-
0: literally fucking destroyed it raw <laughs>
1: yep so what do you think did do mTV have- raw dog music <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love the setup for that because we could say like the most ludicrous shit. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> just tell us what you think, please.
0: What if Rage Against the Mainstream Should Steve take a dump <laughs> on t- nah, yeah. God. What if we started what about if we started like a merch store and we just had a shirt that said, So what do you think? Yeah.
2: That's a good one. Dude, that's a good idea yeah, for sure. And then shirt, with the social
1: media is on the back. Exactly. Yeah.
0: What do you think? Get at us on our social yeah, media. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we can change
1: the shirt every time with like the most ridiculous shit we're asking. Yeah, what we'll Did MTV do is, raw dog music?
0: When you buy the shirt, it'll come with a Velcro thing yeah. on the bottom and you just, you know, yeah. depending on how you're feeling that day, you just stick it on.
1: Yeah, there we go.
0: <laughs> so what do you think? Are we completely off? Actually, there's really no right or wrong answer to our topic here. Is there any politically charged music that Someone will find a like?
1: right or wrong answer though. Yeah. Of course.
0: <laughs> um Do you like Rage Against the Machine? <laughs>
1: do you like Metallica?
0: Do you like politics? Speaking Actually, of, don't flood our shit with that. Speaking
1: but, of uh I got a friend that just started listening, he's going back to the first season. Yeah. I think he hit like 8 episodes deep and he was like you guys gonna talk Metallica every fucking episode? Ah. I'm like, dude, it only gets worse. <laughs> you got no clue what's coming. Quality gets a little better. <laughs> the content stays As the same. quality
0: gets on the on the graph charts, like as the quality gets better, the topics of Metallica just start like, yeah. overshadowing it, like yeah. eclipses how good it mm-hmm. sounds.
1: Nope. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nope.
0: Get at us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at R A T M podcast. Facebook.com dot slash ratm podcast, YouTube search Rage Against the Mainstream podcast. Write to us on our email, ratm podcast at gmail But let's get into our personal suggestions for this week. Would you like to start us off? Sure.
1: Um, I'm gonna recommend the 1980 release by uh, I'll call it. I would call it Punk, uh, the Cramps. The album is called Songs the Lord Taught Us. The song is I Was a Teenage Werewolf. (laughs) Nice. My
0: suggestion for this week, for those of you that grew up in the PlayStation 2 generation. Oh, yes. uh, I'm pretty sure you played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas quite a bit. Best radio in
1: all video games. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, then again, for me, dude, Vice City. Vice City was great. Vice City with V-Rock. That was my shit. Yeah, well... Yeah, that, that, that's just my. You probably wheelhouse. even had
1: Love Fist on your
0: fucking iPod. <laughs>
2: the fist to <Yeah>. love around. <laughs>
0: uh. um, my suggestion for you this week is the 1992 album Angel Dust from Faith No More. The song is Midlife Crisis. Solid album, very good song. Solid. So, in an attempt to grow the show to even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in an attempt bigger, to... Bigger,
1: longer, uncut.
0: Yeah, bigger, longer, and uncut. To produce more content, to flood your guys' news feeds and you know uh, YouTube notifications and your Spotify, wherever you get this podcast notifications, we're going to start implementing album reviews. This week's review is the September 17th of 2021 release from Carcass, Torn Arteries. You've heard Steve bring this up uh, as the tracks were coming out. Um, obviously, the album had just come out. Um, so, coming soon, once a week, we're going to start doing album reviews here. And um, hopefully you guys like it.
1: Tune in to see if Torn Arteries is a hit. Or, or shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> what do you think? No, just, <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
0: But once again... You can find us on our social media accounts, Facebook.com slash ratm podcast, Instagram and Twitter at RATMPodcast, Podcast, YouTube search Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast, because you know, we haven't re- received the subscriber account enough to be able to get a custom URL through YouTube. So the more you subscribe, the easier it's going to be for me to go YouTube.com slash ratm podcast. And of course you can get us on our email, uh Podcast at gmail.com. But until then, this is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast for the books. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.